Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This premier independent fan experience podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and brings you honest and in-depth Montreal Canadiens discussion and entertainment. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Pudney are proud to be one of your trusted sources for Habs and hockey news. If you are talking about it, so are we. Are you in the market for quality sticks and equipment you can afford? There is a no-frills, no-nonsense company that wants to provide that to you. No Name Hockey. No Name Hockey is a small Canadian company started by former pro player Jason Goulet. When he retired, he searched for sticks that felt like when he was a pro but could never find the right one or one that was reasonably priced. So he decided to start No Name Hockey. Now No Name offers high-quality, customized sticks at a fair price. They won't try to wow you with a fancy name. They will focus on providing you a pro-stock quality stick that you can afford. The cost of sticks has gone through the roof due to sponsorships and licensing fees. No Name Hockey makes sticks for the No Names and players currently making a name. And welcome to episode 115 of Habs Unfiltered. I'm your host, Blaine Pudnight, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Matt Smith. Good evening. And Treg Wilson. Hello. So, boys, how was, uh, how was your last few days? Busy? Very much so. You almost, you, you guys almost got to see me in uniform, or partially in it. But I thought I thought I'd I thought I'd change for the camera, like fully you, fully change for the camera. You so. you would break the internet if you. <laughs> we just started the YouTube page. I don't need to crash it. So. You're you're our Kardashian. Yeah. Other than that, though, very busy. Um, but uh, I was happy I was able to catch the last couple of games and have something to to talk about. So that's good. What about you, Trey? I was busy painting my room here, as you can see in the. I'll, I'll move the camera so you can get a better look at the start of what's going on. Uh, my whole room as a... Oh, actually, I like this better. Uh, 
Yeah. So actually, I didn't paint it. I taped it, and my wife Tina painted it. So give credit where credit is due. It wasn't me that actually painted the wall. Well, there you but go. I taped it. So really, she had the easy job. I had to measure it out and make sure everything was even. And so, anyway, it's the that first thing that measuring tape seen in a while, other than carry on. <laughs> well, I did just finish building a basement too. So, yeah. basement, yeah. <laughs> yeah, carry on, Matt. <laughs> we won't go there today. <laughs> You're not allowed to swear, Matt. I didn't. This, this is like the, the longest I've went doing a show without swearing. Your well, your welcome comment section. It's been five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the comment section blew up because somebody said the word poop. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it arrived with truck. It was an yeah. f bomb at some point. Yeah, I tend to say that every now and then. You know, it's the East Coast in me, so. Kind of. swear more than the sailors on the show. Yeah, probably. <laughs> He's a single man, or he's portrayed as a single man. I'm definitely a single man. <laughs> definitely a single man. <laughs> His OnlyFans page says he is. Yeah, yeah. well. Yeah. We're making a, we made 99 cents so far. <laughs> no. All right, well, uh, before we begin the show, I want to bring up, uh, recently it was Bell Let's Talk. Uh, I think it's, that's a great initiative. It, uh, it raises awareness, but I think it's important that we spend the rest of the year listening to um, people are still affected. It just because that day is over, doesn't mean it mental health issues go away. So please, 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 please. If you have any problems, any issues uh, you're, you're just feeling down, seek help, please seek help. Don't resort to anything drastic. We would rather have you here with us than not. So that that's, uh, you know, it hits home when people hit bottom. Uh, their loved ones are the ones that have to deal with the, the outcome. So please just seek help. You're, it's an illness. It is not a weakness. Seeking help is a sign of strength. So please do so. Um, and... We'll just jump into uh, to this week's show. Um, the Canadians just finished a two-game set against Vancouver and won both games. So we're going to take a look at that. We'll break this down. And then once that's done, we'll talk a little bit about the Ottawa series that's upcoming. So, uh, Treg, what, what, was, what was one of the things that you wanted to take away from this Vancouver series? That when uh, Montreal uses their speed and strength, they uh, dominate the game. Uh, I think the Calgary game where they lost one nothing, uh, it, it was more Calgary taking away their speed than Montreal not trying to use it. Uh, plus, they lost Anderson. I think Anderson was a big loss in that game. People don't uh, kind of miss that, but he left what like with five minutes left in the period or something like that, or. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> against Vancouver, they both games, it was a little bit better. This Vancouver was a little bit tighter the second game, but both games, they just used their speed to their advantage and just beat Vancouver. Uh, I know on Twitter, 
non-Montreal fans are saying, oh, well, Vancouver's terrible. Well, Vancouver's 5-3 and three against the rest of the division and 0-4-1 against the Canadians. There's three games against Ottawa in there, but still, 2-3. and three. Take away the Ottawa games, they're still 2-3 and three against the rest of the division. So um, I think it's more Montreal is exposed to learn how to expose Vancouver, and they're using their depth to their uh, to their advantage. I mean... Still five on five. There's only a minute difference between the top line, whichever line that might be. Suzuki's the center getting the most ice time, but uh, there's only a minute and a half between the least amount of points for, or least amount of ice time for uh, for the third for the third line to the first line. So, uh, so people later, and it's the year before. It almost like Montreal got tired near the end of the game, or they depending on the score, depending on how their mood went, and now they're just go, 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 go right to the end. Um, so that's, that's what I took out of it. Uh, Montreal needs to just keep using their speed and depth to uh, to win hockey games. Matt, what, about, uh, what, what do you think? I completely agree, and I believe that the Canadians are the best, at least in the division, they're the best transition team in the division. Um, they're extremely good at getting on pucks in all zones, and we've seen their turnovers. We've seen their ability to score shorthanded, which is at a, at a great pace so far. And um, it doesn't matter if they're shorthanded. It doesn't matter if they're on the power play. It doesn't matter if they're five on five. They just always seem to be hungry for the puck. And they're the aggressor. You know, gone are the days that it's, let's sit back and protect the lead. It looks like they're always somewhat on the gas. There has been a couple... Um, in gaps in that but for the most part like we've seen guys just attack and we saw it with with Lekkonen's goal which uh looked really really like an innocent play and all of a sudden it's in the back of the net and um my big takeaway though is is really the new guys um Tyler Toffoli loves playing Vancouver and if Vancouver can play the Canadians all the time I'm all for it like Tyler Toffoli seems to love it he uh he scored an incredible goal the other night if you guys haven't seen it definitely check it out um you know drag to a backhand i don't think he expected to score i don't think we expected him to score but afterwards pretty sure my jaw hit the floor so um and, and josh anderson he um he scored a couple goals he uh, was physical his first goal he was just overpowering a young defenseman but you know chatfield's not a small guy so that was just a, a bigger body getting the upper hand on a on a on a smaller a smaller body and it just winning a puck battle. And yeah, it was a greasy goal, but they all count at the end of the day. And um, my final point is um, actually at two points. Um, the importance of Jake Allen, Jake Allen has very much impressed since the Canadians picked him up. He's three and one in the game that uh, he lost was a, uh, he only let up with the one goal. The other one was the, uh, was the empty netter. But uh, through four games so far, so he's played four to ten games, he's got a 930 save percentage and a 2.02 goals against. This is a guy that we talked about very um, very high of. I brought him up multiple times. He's from New Brunswick, so of course I'm going to do that. And I just think he's going to end up being either the most important or one of the more important additions that Mark Bergevin made to this team to make it better. And... Um, my final point is, is that everything to do with Victor Mete. We kind of brought it up on the last show and we thought that we would see him during this series. We ended up seeing him both games. 
um, was he a factor? Not really. Was no, he I, was I, was I, was, uh, was was he was he a negative factor? Not really. He just kind of played his game. He showed some flashes. He showed some deficiencies in his game that we already knew were there, such as um, handling bigger opponents. We know we can't do that very well, but um, his partners were able to help him. The Canadians still won both games. Bergevin said that he's not trading the guy. He's going to use him as, you know, as he sees fit. Mete didn't want to answer any questions regarding the, uh, the, uh, the proposed trade from his, from his agent, which is respectable. Obviously young guy, you don't want to shoot yourself in the foot. Well, maybe he should have told his agent not to make that shit public. That's very true as well. That's very true as well. It's going to be a developing situation. We'll see how it goes. But for now, he's in the lineup. He may still be in the lineup come Thursday. We'll wait and see. Um, and um, and we'll make a, you know, that'll be that'll be another topic for another day. But um, There's we'll, a rumor we'll, going around Twitter about Mete, Kulak, and Romanov doing a three-man rotation. I haven't heard that from anyone of credit. I just heard people saying it on Twitter. I don't see that happening personally. I don't see. But... I don't see it either because right now, if I, I, yes, it's good to get a player in the lineup. However, the only reason Corey Perry's playing, and nothing against Corey Perry, I think Corey Perry's been playing very good since he's been in the lineup. But the only reason Corey Perry made the got in the lineup was because of an injury. And I truly believe the only reason that Victor Mate was playing is because of what what was brought up in the media yeah and that's the thing for me i do not like when young players who haven't really earned that right um demand trades publicly to get themselves into the lineup and that's and that's what seemed to happen like i'm not gonna i said i'm not i'm not gonna stomp on him he made some terrible plays at times he showed some flash he showed some good skating he showed some good puck movement at times but at the same time he was he was really a non-factor in the game and that's the thing. He, and I don't think he did enough to be able to stay. say, yep, I, I took the spot from Romanov or I took he's this spot staying. from Kulak. No, he's not. Absolutely. No. I don't think so. No, I think, Romanov, I think Romanov's bad game was in part playing with Mete. I think so too. Kulak. I think he was also so too. playing on the left side where he was playing on the right side the entire time until the, the Mete. And Matt, game. you made the point that his uh, Mete's partners were kind of helping him out yeah. and it's true they they're picking up the slack so it's slowing mm-hmm. them down so romanov had some problems was it because of mete i don't i'm not going to say for sure but the uh the third pairing has looked like it's been dragged down a little bit it has been. in the last two games thankfully it hasn't been an issue against vancouver because the canadians like you said are rolling all their lines so i i I don't know if he's going to stay for Ottawa. I think they're going to go back to the Kulak and Romanov pairing. Cool. And maybe in the second game, they'll, they'll bring him back in. But for this Vancouver series, I think the, the, the main takeaway, and I, you mentioned a little bit about uh, the effort level, how they were constantly on the pucks. It's that aggressive uh, gap that they have on everybody on the ice at all times. That's the difference between the Canadians this year and last year. Last year, it wasn't it wasn't ubiquitous along every line. Now, 
every single line is doing it. Every single line is capable of doing it. And on top of that, they have the talent to capitalize. So even in the first game, when the Canadians were a little bit sluggish in that second period, we can I can say that that's probably one of the worst periods they played all season. Yet they still ended up with two goals and none allowed. Because despite the fact that they weren't really pushing the pace as hard as they should, they were still able to keep that tight gap and then capitalize on their on the uh, the opportunities they got. So I think that's the big difference this year. Is Vancouver a shitty hockey team? I don't think they are. They're they're in that second tier, maybe the lower end of the second tier of this division. The Canadians are clearly in that top tier with Toronto, probably Calgary as well. And uh, yeah, once the but so all the all the complaining on uh, social media from Toronto that the Canadians are getting too much good press. Well, too bad. I mean, we're gonna see uh, we're gonna see the Canadians playing some of the other teams like big Calgary. They're gonna play a little bit more often. Toronto, they're gonna play a bit, and things will even out. Uh, I th- I think it's well deserved. I think it's well deserved press. And, and you know, I'm gonna actually say something good about Toronto. Um, they've got a good record as well. Yep. The only, the only thing with Toronto is they rely so much on the skilled players that they have, and they only rely on those few players. They have to play some of these guys 20 plus minutes a night, which the Canadians don't. And I'm not going to shoot, you know, I'm not going to shoot all over the, the Leafs. Um, it's just, they don't have the depth that the Canadians do. They rely on a certain amount of players and, I just, I just think that both teams right now, they deserve, they deserve some merit. They deserve some recognition and it's kind of nice to turn on Sportsnet or TSN or anything like that. And not only hear about the one team, because this is a Canadian division. It's nice to hear about all teams involved. And um, it's, it's, uh, it would be unfair to, to leave, to leave the Canadians out of the, uh, out of the conversation for who, you know, who may be or may not be the, uh, the best team in this, in this division. Through the 10 games, Montreal is dominating the teams they're playing. They're dominating. Like they're not just winning. They're, they're, they're... And, and they're not relying on one thing. They're not That's relying right. on, okay, well, we've got a really good power play. We get a power play. We're going to win the game. Yeah. Well, the Leafs, yeah. 40% of their goals are power play goals. Their five-on-five is actually terrible. Yeah. Well, and that's, when, coming from, that's coming from editor and Leaf. So if he's saying that they're you know terrible five-on-five, you, you know, you it's, know true. it's true. Then. You know right? it's true. <laughs> I mean, um, however, and their depth's showing up. Thornton's out. Uh, uh, Matthews was out for a game. Um, now, mind you, they're winning their games, but they're they're not dominating their games. They're like just winning they're getting a power play goals and they're getting the goals when it counts to win because they have the skill and they have the the players to get the goals when it counts to win right so um so i'm not knocking toronto either but to get pissed off because montreal's getting a little bit more talk on two stations tsn and sportsnet who 90 percent talk about the leaps uh is just silly i mean yeah, but back well, to we'll we'll go back to the Vancouver series. Though. Sure. Um, well, one thing like about the Vancouver series, um, like how good was you know Jeff Petrie? He sucks. You know, he's, he's a bust. You know, he's been he's been quietly putting up points all year. 
And when Mete came in the lineup and Romanov was taken out or Kulak was taken out, people started bitching all over Twitter and social media saying, well, why don't you take out a guy like Edmonston? Why would you take out Edmonston? And I know plus minus is one of those stats that's just a stat. And like a lot of people don't like it. He's plus 14. And he's been been a very, very steady partner for a guy like Petrie, who's been able to float up the ice, do his thing. And he scored a couple, like scored an empty another the other night, but there was another one where, where Perry got it to him for his 800th point. Petrie shouldn't be the one up leading the rush going to the net that should be a forward but the fact that he is able to do so with a guy like Edmonston um, behind him and knowing that he's gonna he's gonna be able to get back and and defend it's really unlocked a uh, we already knew Jeff Petrie was a good defenseman but I find that with this partner he can be he can kind of unlock that untapped offensive uh, potential and uh, what I really liked about this is uh, Pierre Lebrun talked about the upcoming U.S. Olympic team and said the Americans have a lot of good talent on their on their decor, a lot of good young talent. He brought up Jeff Petrie's name and said he'd be very surprised if he wasn't on that. And for a guy that's 33 years old to to make a team like that, when you look at guys like um, Slavin and Seth Jones, etc., that's uh, that's a pretty good feather in your cap for for playing at that age and, and making your olympic debut potential oh, when you when you put a team like that together it's a short tournament you want to have guys that you know what you can expect out of them so he's one of those guys that you just know that every single night every single game you're going to get a certain style a certain level of play and he's he's one of those guys that you just you can rely on so it makes perfect sense that he would be used on, on an american olympic team Maybe if it's a bottom pairing, I don't know. Who cares? But he, he'd be on the line. He'd it's be in well the deserved. It's well yeah. deserved if he made the team. Exactly. Going back to Edmondson, and uh, there's two narratives that the season started with. Edmondson was going to be Alzner 2.0. Which they said about Sherrod. Right. And uh, Jonathan Drouin was still above. And so far, both Edmondson and Jonathan Drouin have been quietly shutting people up. And... The problem is, if you're still bitching about Drew and Edmondson, then you literally just take the two people and you don't care how well they do or how well they don't go. They, Drew can score a hat trick every game and you're still going to stick and Drew should be traded for That's a true. bucks. So The one thing I would that I like to say about Drew, though, I would love to see him use a shot more. Because through, uh, through 10 games, he's taken 11 shots. And we know that he can, and we know that he can shoot. He's just trying to set Anderson up, it seems to me. Also. Yeah, and that's the thing. Yeah. He's playing off of Suzuki, and he's setting mm-hmm. up Anderson. And the fact that Anderson – so Suzuki and Drouin's chemistry is evident, but Anderson brings that line together. He Very creates much so. so much open space, mm-hmm. and Drouin can just create. So, yeah. of course, he's going to pass a lot more because that's that's his style. Yeah, And I and, love the commentary every time Anderson's on the ice. It's like – for a guy that big, he's got hands, he's got, uh, he's got the size, he's got uh, the speed, et cetera. Yeah. And um, I was a little bit surprised that he can keep up with these guys, but he really can. And he's, he's driving the plays and he's, he's, he's really, he's really been impressive so far. It's nice to see a true power forward thing, with the Canadians yes, lineup. Yes. Something we haven't had and, in a long time. On Edmondson uh, as well. 
having that kind of experience on the blue line playing that steady type of defense was exactly what that second pairing needed. You mentioned Petrie's breaking out, but by being able to eat up those minutes, like Edmondson's able to keep pucks in the zone. He keeps plays alive. And that tight gap that I had mentioned before with the forwards, that applies to the defense too. And he's mobile enough and fast enough to keep those tight gaps, even against guys like, uh, like Crosby. Granted, he was using positioning, and not his speed to to control, uh, sorry, not Crosby, uh, McDavid, to control uh, McDavid's zone entries. But the fact remains, he's able to do so, even if it's only for a game here, a game there, that's still three or four games against a really powerful offense that you can rely on a guy to keep those tight gaps and help shut down some of the most potent offenses in the league. So for me, Edmonston's playing Edmonston's playing how I thought Alsner was going to be when they initially signed him. Yeah. Is when they got him out of Washington, I was excited for it. I was like, that's a solid pickup for uh, you got a guy with size who at the time was, uh, was playing very well in, 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 uh, in Washington. And um, you know, the contract, yeah, threw me off a little bit. Obviously, it got worse as, as time went on, but I, I, I thought that was the kind of style that he was going to bring to the Canadians. And obviously, it was something that, at the end of the day, didn't work out. But, um, you know, for people to call Sherratt, um, Alsner 2.0, and then they said the same thing to Edmonston, I think Sherratt is doing what he needs to do. He's uh, He skates pretty goddamn good for a big man as well. And um, he's been able to jump up in the play and, and be that steady partner for, um, for Weber. He can kill penalties, et cetera. And, and we're seeing the same thing now in Edmonston. And it's, um, it's taken a little bit of pressure off of a guy like Weber that, you know, has to always be out there killing penalties or well, playing in all thing. situations. That, that depth spreads out the ice time and keeps the guys fresh. And I think this whole Alsner 2.0 bullshit you know, the, uh, how every single time they make a signing, they're like, oh, that's Alsner. Oh, yeah. oh, that's this. That's stop. Alsner was a bad signing. No one denies that. But not every single signing is an Alsner. Just because that's you don't right. like the signing doesn't mean it's going to turn out poorly. Yeah. Now, it's, the same Grant, thing as, it's the same thing as Jake Allen. People yeah. are saying, like, look how much you guys are spending on your goalies. Yeah. The Canadians are spending a hell of a lot of money on their goalies this year. It's not, is it your money? No. Are they playing to the cap for once? They are. Do they have a very good team? They do. Just stop complaining. Enjoy the, enjoy the, enjoy the wins as they come. Since it was the analytical guys who really dump on Edmondson, our buddy, Jason Paul has a good exit entry uh, statistic for it. And, uh, if you look at Joel Edmondson, who's supposed to be a pylon who doesn't do much of anything, he has a 64% exit successful exit rate, which is higher than everyone, but every defenseman, but uh, it's higher than every defenseman. So he has the highest exit rate uh, than anyone. Oh, sorry. Brett Kulak is higher, higher exit rate than any defenseman on the team for his entry. Uh, believe it or not, Joel Edmondson at 75% entry rate and his entry denial is third on the team at 10.5 
So he's doing his job. He's getting the yeah, puck yeah. out. He's getting the puck in, and he's stopping the puck from coming in. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a bit of maybe I'm a bit of an Edmondson Homer or whatever, but I think he's playing well. He, Mike Johnson said it perfect. You don't hear his name. That means your defensive defenseman is doing his job. That's right. That's and right. And, the, and, job, and, and they haven't had to overplay him. He's only averaging. Sorry, averaging 18 minutes a night. This isn't a guy that needs to be out there in all situations, and but they can rely on him defensively if need be. And he's yep. and as you said, he's he's doing his job. He's doing what they're paying him to do. And uh, back to Allen, I think a big thing that people are overlooking is the fact that when Carey Price is in the net, he plays a certain style. He uh, he handles the puck a certain way. There's an expectation by the defense when he's playing of what to expect when Jake Allen is in the net, it's very similar to the style that Carey Price plays. Clearly, Jake Allen is not to the level of Carey Price, but he's effective. He plays a similar style. So there's not an adjustment that has to be made by the forwards or the defense. So they, they don't have to game plan for their own teammate. So that, that money is well spent because now you have every single game you can play the same way with the same system with the same expectation that there's going to be a goalie blocking those clear, those, uh, those dump ins. He's going to stop that. You're going to be able to pick it up or you'll be able to make a pass to you if you need to. So that's a big deal. When you can start with the puck on, on a dump in like that, you can clear that zone much quicker and having two goalies who can do that is a big deal. It's the first time in a long time that I can watch a game as a fan and say, when a when a when a uh, when a backup is in and think to myself, they have a chance to win this game. I haven't been able to say that in many years. Or you're like, oh, here we go. What are they gonna do? What extra are they gonna have to do to pull a win because this guy's in the net? And you look at the you look at the lines. The goal that the controversy Canadian... hasn't started yet. Oh, some yeah. people are already talking about it. I said, yeah. yeah. Stupid. I mean, I'm and that goes that to test as to how well Allen's playing. Yeah, hundred percent. Right? If people are um, if people are bringing that up already and say and bringing up old stats and bringing up this and that, it it just does show the level of play that um, Allen's demonstrated so far and the value that he's brought to this team. But you you look at the uh, the four lines that the Canadians are rolling now uh, in that's in the in the series against Vancouver, um, well throughout the season really. Um, the possession stats on those lines are through the roof. There's some, the Habs three offensive lines are in the top seven on possession in the league for lines over 250 minutes. Their fourth line, they don't have the, a ton of possession time, but they do have a ton of offensive zone time. So they're getting the pucks in, they're keeping, they're cycling it down there. And they're keeping it away from their own net. So every line, thanks to those tight gaps and that very aggressive style, they're getting possession of the puck and they're keeping it away from their own goaltending. So this that that's more than anything makes me feel uh, confident with the team that it's not just a flash in the pan, that it's actually something that's going to work against the top <clears throat> echelon teams. Maybe not four games, uh, four wins in a seven game set, depending on the team that they play, but more than likely than not, they're going to get a win. So,
So uh, any other thoughts on the Vancouver series? Uh, Treg, do you have any? Hughes can't play defense. <laughs> That's true. And, and, and we talked a bit, a little, a little bit before we started recording. And um, my thought on Hughes is very good offensively gifted player. hundred percent. However, um, if he starts getting votes for the Norris trophy, they really have to consider um, renaming that trophy or renaming our um, making two trophies. Yeah. Making another trophy for an take offensive the name defense. defense yeah. Take the name the, defense out of that trophy. Yeah, the Paul Coffee Yeah. You know what? The guy's a, the guy's still a young player. He's still developing his, his game and everything. He just has to remember that he is a defenseman and he's going to start learning the game a little bit better on that side of it. If that's what you want to be, um, be called. Now, Petrie, on the other hand, he deserves some. Maybe he deserves a Norris. As of as, as of right now, as of right now, he'd probably be in contention for for a top five vote. I think so. I would say so. Now, also with, bring up uh, Lekkinen had a great series. He did. Oh God, yeah, he did. Well, all year long, Lekkinen, all year Le- long. Lekkinen's been an unsung hero all all all, all year long. Good stick, Lecky is just drooling right now over how good he's been playing and to almost scored a couple times well he, he's gonna he break hit the belly pad 12 times but he's gonna break a goalie's ribs sometime with yeah. with how many shots he throws at his chest that's terrible you know what Dino has that well the thing is they haven't had to rely on that on that line as much the only thing that it's showing is Dino really should have signed that contract <laughs> That is probably the Canadians' worst line right now, production-wise. Yeah, it, it depends yeah. on the game. It depends on the game. Like they they get out there, they get the chances. It's just other than uh, as of right now, really, other than Gallagher, he's really the only one that's showing flash and and in some in some drive on the ice. Tatar has had uh, his chances. He's no he's no slouch. He's got six points this season. He's uh, he's had some he's had some good chances and everything. It's just that. Since Dano denied this contract, I've been watching him a little bit more, and I just – a goal is going to come eventually. I just find he's trying to force the play a little He'll bit too a much. He'll get goal maybe. I just think he's forcing, trying to force the play a little bit too much. He's not picking his shots. He's just kind of get them on net. And um, I think he should be – He should uh, definitely assign that deal. He should be just passing the pucks off to Tatar and Gallagher. Now, I'm not worried about shooting myself, but we're 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 kind of mean. I think we need to give a little bit of love out there to everybody. I mean, it's it, it's almost Valentine's Day, and speaking of Valentine's Day, the lawnmower 3.0. Valentine's Day is upon us. Make sure you're ready for whatever the night may take you. Our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below the waist grooming, are here to tell you that you need to use the best tools for the job so that you can be ready for anything on that special day. Two million men are already trusting Manscaped products to groom. Make sure you're one of them. Your girl can't think of what to get you this year? Tell her to get the gift that's for for you and for her. The best way to get started is with the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0, full of the best products to keep you looking, smelling, and feeling nice. The Perfect Package 3.0 is led by their revolutionary third-generation Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, which has advanced skin-safe technology and features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming and grooming accidents. Uh, it's also waterproof, 
which prevents a mess on the bathroom floor and in the sink, especially when it's time for Cupid to shoot his arrow. And let's be real, we've smelled the, wor the worst down there before. That's why I'm thankful for the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. These products keep our boys from sweating, smelling, and sticking. And these products smell good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood, if you know what I mean. The Perfect Package 3.0 will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxers. They'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pairs of boxers to Manscaped high-performance anti-chafing boxers. Easily the comfiest boxers I've ever had. And complete your grooming game with the new Refined Cologne Signature Scent by Manscaped. With the same signature scent that is in all Manscaped formulas, this cologne is a perfect complement to this collection. This is the perfect package for your perfect package. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off free shipping with the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code UNFILTERED20. Happy Valentine's Day from Manscaped. So eh, they deserve, uh, people deserve a little bit of love, even Deno, even though I just recently wrote an article for the hockey writers talking about how it's time for the Canadians and Deno to, uh, to file for divorce. I mean, you mentioned it, Matt. The rumors have been out there. Um, I think uh, our friends over at La Poche Bleue, uh, Guillaume Nathan Andres, he brought out some inside information that Deno turned down a five-year, $30 million deal. That is, in a flat cap era, a ton of money and a ton of security, the term involved in that. Could you imagine? He's already being, uh, he's already being surpassed in the depth chart by Suzuki and Kotniemi. So now you're throwing $5 million long-term to a third-line center? It looks like maybe the Canadians kind of caught a lucky break. So far, that's the way it seems. However, they, he's... You know, he's playing on one of the more consistent lines in exactly. hockey right now in the last few years. So it's just a matter of time for he gets a little bit of puck luck and the points start to come. Um, he's still very much part of this team, very much part of the defensive side of this team. Um, good penalty killer, et cetera. It's going to come. Yeah. However, will he see this five, six-year contract again? It's, it's looking less likely. Now, I honestly think that he's going to end up staying the full season. I think so too. Uh, I don't, I don't see Bergevin wanting to shake anything up or ruin the chemistry that's in that room. And he's probably looking at Deneau as if he's an own rental, but if he were to decide to, you know, Deneau calls his agent and then demands a trade publicly, like an, like some spoiled child. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Um, yeah, can't hear you, bud. You got him, you got him muted there, but yeah. So, if he decides to ask for a trade, maybe they move him. Now, do you feel, Matt, while Treg's fixing his mic, yeah. do, do you feel that 
he should stay? Or do you think it's time to maybe use, leverage him to get a third line center that is a third line center and bring in another piece with him? Hard to say, because I don't, I like for the Canadians to have that line together still after this many years, they do work. They do have chemistry and um, it would take some time bringing in, you know, whatever the replacement was to rebuild that chemistry and to rebuild that, um, that cohesion that that line has. And they would miss that defensive style that he has. Like he's, he's, you know, he's a, he's a guy that gets selfie votes and he's only getting better. And when you have some of the better defensive players or even some of the better players in the league talking about him and praising him, yeah, it's, it's very good for his, uh, his wallet. That's for sure. It's just that, you know, I said, he just needs some puck luck. And I think, I think his game will, will just, I think he'll just get the monkey off his back and he'll take that next step. I think uh, a big reason that, uh, you can almost talk about. Uh, can you guys hear me? Yeah, we hear. Yeah. Okay. So I think a big reason that uh, we're almost even talking about trading Dano is the play of Evans. Evans has stepped up and become a very good uh, two-way forward, two-way center. Uh, now I'm not saying Evans can replace Dano. Don't. Uh, I mean, but Dano's played so far ten games into the season. Season, yes, Evans can replace Dano on that line because uh, Dano's not. Personally, I don't think Noah's playing as good as Evans is so far this season. Personally, face-off circle, sure, because he's their leading face-off guy. But uh, you know, last year Nate Thompson was their leading face-off guy. So you know. we're looking at Dino more though, because we we expect more out of him. Yeah, and and I I kind of agree with you, Matt. I think it's just a puck luck thing. It's gonna it's only ten games into the season. It's going to come. I totally agree with Blaine on he's a, the team's own rental. I don't think he'll get traded. I think they'll keep him to, to go into the playoffs and have a good playoff run. I highly don't – I really don't think Philip Deneau is going to be a Montreal Canadian next year. I, the way I, I see it, if they're, not, if they're not willing to trade a depth defenseman right now, they're not going to trade Philip Deneau. Unless, <laughs> unless their deal just blows them away can't see it happening and then you've got to think about the whole quarantine thing and if they if they uh, move him out of the division and all that kind of stuff it, is it really worth it at the end of the day just because mark bergman said he's not training that day doesn't mean he's not looking at trading that's that. true that's true right like i mean yeah, he's probably he, honestly he's probably he's probably pissed about it he probably is is he is but he's not one of those guys that that shows us that shows his cards but but he's not going to trade him unless he gets something unless he gets something he wants back. So, That's right. He's not just going to trade yeah. him to trade him. Right. I don't hear Blaine at all. I don't hear you. How about now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, so uh, Bergevin is – he's not going to just trade him, like you said. Um, he is, on the, uh, however, probably doing this on his own terms. So when the rumor came out, well, when the, it's not a rumor, when the agent came out and said, my client wants to be traded right now, and he said, no chance, well, maybe he is shopping him, but he's not going to just move him just to move him. No. We're not in the, he's not in the, uh, the season where he can do someone favors. So 
if someone sends him a depth defenseman that he likes, sure, maybe he'll make the move. But not until then. So you know your role, stay in your lane, do your job. And he doesn't need to move. He doesn't need draft picks. No. Mete is his depth defenseman. Um, the only thing he would want to do it for is to clear cap space. But he's only got $750,000 in the cap for him. That That's just it, right? Like, yeah. Uh, I know he's trying to clear cap space for the trade deadline. Um, but that's not but, the way. But it's not the way to do it. I mean, to clear cap space would be to trade Paul Byron or someone like that who has a bigger contract. And I mean, Paul Byron's another story you can talk about, about his play, but we don't need to get into that today, but. No. And I think, uh, I think we can move over to the Ottawa series at this point. Um, So the Canadians are going to be playing as we record. It's Wednesday night, the 3rd of February on the 4th. um, Montreal's going to be playing Ottawa and it's going to be the first retro jersey night so crack out uh, crack out your retro jerseys put on your blue uh blue jersey and enjoy the game um and it's going to be montreal's first game against ottawa this year other teams have <laughs> let's be ottawa I, I said it before the season started i said that i didn't think they'd be a, a very good team but they're going to be a tough team in the game so they'll lose a lot of games but they're going to be close and so far, that's been generally what's happened. Um, they've had issues with goaltending. They've had issues with their defense. Um, but they've only been able to pull out one win in 10 games. Against Toronto. Against yeah. the Leafs. It's awesome. And after, the more- they won, after they won that game, I was like, yeah. hey, maybe they maybe they turned it around a little bit. If they mm-hmm. can compete with Toronto... And um, they kind of did really make Toronto look silly in that game. They did. Even and then the all game, Toronto won. Yeah, probably. absolutely. And then all of a sudden, it's just been a downward downward spiral since then. Even the second game, Toronto won. Ottawa was in the game right to the very end. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think it was a power play goal then an empty net, and that was the end of the game. So yeah, it's weird how they get us. Tr- uh, how Toronto power plays power play turn goal. things around. Oh. Toronto power play really? You're going to go there? Forty oh. percent of their goals are on the power play. Ah, oh, I still haven't dropped an F-bomb. What the hell? <laughs> so, um, yeah, but back to Ottawa. Uh, they, you cannot take that team lightly. I know they only have one game and one win, but you can't take that team lightly. Yeah. Brady Kachuk is there. He is a gamer. He is. Uh, this Norris, is a team that's just going to drag you into the shit. Yeah. And pull you into the and into the into the dirty stuff. Yeah. A lot of stuff after the whistle. A lot of. Uh, a lot of cheap stuff here and there. As long as the Canadians stay disciplined and they don't get dragged into that. And, um, you know, let's be honest, take advantage of a, a very, uh, very youthful, very uh, inexperienced team. That's um, very, very shoddy goaltending. Um, you look at Matt Murray, who I said, when we started doing the show at the start of the season, it's probably going to be one of the worst contracts signed during the off season. Uh, so far through seven games, he's got a 4.82 goals against average. And he is, he is, uh, they're looking at putting him as a healthy scratch. Yeah. They were talking bringing, about bringing Joey Accord up. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 
Well, so, there's a win for yeah, Ottawa because Montreal right. can never beat a rookie goalie. So. That's true. <laughs> and when they and and just today they put uh, Braden Coburn on waivers. So for a for a veteran defenseman to just win a cup with the uh, with the Lightning, now all of a sudden you're on waivers on a team that's the worst in the league. I know that they're trying. They want to showcase their youth, and I think they brought up uh, Eric Eric Brandstrom. Yeah, but they're not going to play him. Apparently, um, uh, their coach Smith he doesn't like Brandstrom for some reason. Stephens looks like Derek Stepan might be on his way out as well because he's having like, issues with the coach. The as coach well. doesn't like him either. So, no. hey, trade Dino for him. This is you yeah. know what this is a team Galchenyuk so right this cool. is a team that's um, that's developing they've got one some of the, the the better young talent in their prospect pool um, I'm a big big Tim Stutzel fan I hope he does well in the league oh that kid's gonna be something else I'm just really really kind of depressed that he's an Ottawa senator <laughs> but um, this is a this is a this is a team that as as Blaine said could surprise but more than likely is going to be a team that's just going to try to pull you into the, into the weeds. This and, is a trap um, game. If you've ever, yeah, 100%. Uh, you look up in the dictionary trap games, this is a trap game. Yeah, this Canadians... is going to be, this is going to be a, um, a game and a, and a, and a, you know, mini series that having these big bodies that the Canadians went out and, 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 and got is going to pay dividends. Big time. Big time. They need to roll that depth. That's that's what's going to make the big difference here. Yeah. And um, show off their speed. Yeah, exactly. But don't think that the the Senators can't keep up because oh, they definitely like Josh, Josh Norris can keep up. Drake Batherson, local yep. Halifax kid, uh, played a little summer hockey with him. Let me just say how fat that kid is fast. Yeah. Holy yeah, but Blaine, you're pretty slow too. So <laughs> Yeah, but I was on the bench watching. They also have my yeah. favorite ex-Canadian – Mike Riley. Is he dressed? So half should these? win. So half should win. <laughs> Is he going to be? Yeah, no, he's Riley's going to score a Hattie. <laughs> Riley and Gilchenyuk will score like six goals between the two of them. And if Gilchenyuk can get back in the lineup. Yeah. And then some rookie who's never played an NHL game before in his life scores the winner, make it 7 6. Yeah. Their uh, rookie goalie will get the win. Yeah. yeah. You want to score your first career goal? Play Montreal. This is clearly a trap game. Yeah, clearly a trap 100%. game. So they cannot underestimate this team. This team can compete with them. It'll be close. There's going to be they're going to be motivated to prove that they can play against the better teams in the league anyway. Especially the at well as we record top team in the top team in the division and going into tomorrow they're going to be top team in the division because Toronto Toronto doesn't play tonight. So that's right. So we'll see. Like, I, you know what? I'm looking forward to it. And you know, I, I'm not going to say I hope for a close game. I'd love to see Montreal just continue down this, this route of um, just destroying teams. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in. I, I'm definitely in. I hope, I hope it happens, but I won't be, I won't, I, but I won't be surprised if at least one of these games is closer than the other. I have a concern though. If they keep doing uh, scoring goals like this, will chickens become extinct in Quebec Could because be. of all the chicken wings they have geez. to pay for very well can happen by the way matt montreal is the top team in the league right now well there you go the entire league i'll take it um now looking forward to that series uh the canadians power play there's they made some adjustments we uh we i'm guessing claude listens to the show because everything we said in the last episode he applied uh 
you know, uh, Treg mentioned taking uh, taking Weber off the top power play unit. He did that. I mentioned, you know, using the one three one and making more controlled zone entries. They did that, and they went one for three in that last game against Vancouver. So, and not to mention all the uh, the other two power plays didn't score, but they generated four shots on net, and two of them were quality scoring chances. So the power play was generating momentum and they were playing in the other team's zone like a power play should something we didn't see last year. I think my main takeaway from that is I think the only reason they really threw Weber out there is because they didn't have Romanov to uh, they didn't have Romanov on the ice for, for that power play. And it doesn't look like they trust Mete enough to, to take that role. They could have put Petri there though. Say again? They could have put Petrie on the second power play. They could have. They could have. Petrie was on the first one. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying, like. They could have, yeah, they could have done either or. They chose chose Weber. I mean, Weber has his place on the power play, but he should be used more as a decoy than as a. And that's what they did last night in the game. They kind of had Weber out there and they used him. And when Vancouver moved out to him, Suzuki and uh, Drouin used that to get the puck to the guy in the slot or the guy. they can yeah. still, yeah. they can, you know what? They can still keep Weber and Petrie on the same unit. I have no issue with that. They just can't be so damn predictable and say, okay, it's going to Weber, it's going to Weber. Because we we know that Suzuki Drouin can do a very good uh, pass into the slot to a guy like Toffoli or Gallagher or Anderson or whoever is in that position. We know that Galchenyuk uh, does have a good shot. Oh my god, I'm tired. I know I am. Um, we know that uh, we know that Petrie's got a good shot. We know that Weber's got a good shot. They just take out that predictability, and your power play is going to go up that much more. And then you have Michael Ryder there, so he's going to. I know, right? And you got almost <laughs> Bork, and you got all those other guys, right? <laughs> yeah, um... I like this version of almost Bork better, though. Yeah, what would Ryder do? That's the new hashtag that we're going to be pushing. Uh, WWRD, what would Ryder do? So there you go. That, that's the new hashtag that we're starting with Habilison. Yeah. I started that uh, back and forth with Vinny in the last game, and uh, he, he he was laughing so hard he told me to stop it. So I think that we're going to make that a trend. I think so. At least for they're on the power play, what would Ryder do? Exactly. So anytime the Canadians go on a power play, if you're listening to this show, Throw in the hashtag WWRD, which is what would Ryder do? Tag the show, tag Habilison, and let the fireworks go. I really hope that doesn't end up being some sort of like weird sexual acronym or something. You see it on, <laughs> you know, see it on uh, Urban Dictionary or something, and it's like, ah. <laughs> if it is, it makes it funnier. Yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll ask Britt. I'll ask our friend Britt what uh, that's a weird. She probably she'll knows. Know. She'll know. She'll know. If anyone would, she'll know. So, um, all right. I think, uh, I think that pretty much does it. That, that covers everything we were going to talk about. Um, I want to thank everyone who has been, who listens to our show regularly and to anyone who just tried us out and has stuck this long through the entire show. Dear God, thank you. And I hope that you listen to another one. Uh, this is no fun unless you guys interact with us and listen. 
So thanks for listening. Um, if you're looking to find us, you can find us on YouTube. You can find us anywhere you can find podcasts. Um, click subscribe, give us five stars. Mm. Tell your friends, you know, uh, there's some new stuff coming up the pipe. We're going to we're gonna be releasing our new logo here the, uh, very, rec- uh, very soon. And there may be some merchandising available to everyone. Uh, we have when decided that with if, me. what's that? Win a date with me. Yeah, let's not do that. We want people to actually listen. Um, yeah, so once when, we do get the merchandise going, there's... Uh, I'll take it. Yeah. The, once we do get the merchandise going, though, we will be likely sharing most of those proceeds with charity anyway. So just keep an eye out. There's some new stuff coming. Uh, and if you want, us, uh, you want to see us on new platforms, let us know. The, uh, the emails are open, havesunfiltered.outlook.com. Uh, the DMs on our Twitter and Instagram accounts are open. So feel free to let us know. And always remember, if you were talking about it, so are we. and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast, NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.